it's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on The Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we come to you from 610 WIOD, where you are in Miami, about two hours away from Senator Marco Rubio's presidential announcement. He'll join us one hour from right now uh, prior to that announcement. Uh, and then on Hannity tonight for the full hour on the Fox News Channel, his his first interview after he announces, but in a rare, very, very rare in-studio appearance, Jamie Dupree is down here covering the announcement of uh, Senator Rubio as well. How are you, sir? It's good to see you in person. How are you, right, Sean? If you're going to be in, on radio with me, you must take that tie off. I do not no. like ties on radio people. This is me. If uh, if you know me, you'll you'll be able to spot what me. What do you mean if I know you? I know you the guy well. in the suit with the tie. That's the way I always am. When I go down to corporate for my company, I think they get a little heebie-jeebie because I show up in my suit all the time. It's just my. But this is radio. Nobody in radio is supposed to wear a tie. You're supposed to wear jeans and that's, sneakers and hang out. And that's why at campaign events, I'm often mistaken for somebody who works for the <laughs> candidate. You don't know how many times that's happened, and sometimes it gets me in places where I'm not supposed to be. This will be one of the rare nights because we have Senator Rubio after his announcement in in two hours. Well, I'll actually have have pants on because you can see my pants almost every night on television i have my jeans on do you really want to tell people you don't have pants on well i, I didn't say i didn't have pants on okay i, I, I don't have my suit pants on all right, all right. i have my jeans on i see the tv people yes yes wearing your jeans you know it's of... funny i remember back in the reagan years when he was out in santa barbara and he'd be out at his ranch in santa barbara you'd see pictures like in time magazine or newsweek magazine of the reporters and they'd all be in shorts and sneakers yep. from the waist down but up top it was suit and tie and jacket and they looked all official it's hilarious yeah it is yes so we got a lot of news today the, the big news yesterday is Hillary's announcement. The big news today is going to be Senator Marco Rubio's announcement. I thought Hillary was just kind of boring, dull, low-key, no big deal. She certainly just uh, went anticlimactic. You know, well, it was going to be anticlimactic no matter what, I yeah. think. I mean, she, she had determined, obviously, she didn't want to have a rally, so they just put it out on Twitter, and then uh, they released that Internet video, which I thought was interesting. If you look back at her video from the last time that she ran, that featured more of her. This one, I think you had to go about a minute and a half, minute 45 into it before you actually heard from her. Today, we had a phone call for reporters with senior officials on the Clinton campaign. I thought it was really interesting that they were this ramped up already one day in. They were already having a conference call for reporters. And to me, what was fascinating were the themes that they were clearly trying to push. Well, I, by the way, I have a copy of the talking points that they sent out. Now, how do you like this? This proves that I have connections that run deep like yours. And we'll get into what you're saying here. The core message, friends and allies, talking points, Hillary for America. But let's see if it goes along with the talking point page. Well, they basically said to reporters today, look, Hillary's going to be there for two days of events. It'll be Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday in Iowa, very small events. It sounded like it's going to be handpicked, small, very small mm -hmm. groups. And the quote from one of the campaign officials was, it isn't about her. It isn't about us. This is about Iowans, their dreams, and what they want for their future. They, they kept saying things like, we want to listen. We, you know, it's not that we think that we have this one and wrapped up already. They want personal, direct contact with Iowans, is what they said. And, and mm -hmm. so they're trying to sort of cast this as it's not about her. When this, let me read from the campaign. Now, sure. I have the official talking points. It's quote, it says, friends and allies, talking points, Hillary for America, the core message. Let me read for you. Hillary has made this clear. This campaign is not about her. It's about the American people. And that go. ethos will be reflected in every facet of her campaign. That's the start of a different kind of campaign. And she's going to go to Iowa and primary state and, and ask. She wants to ask questions and share ideas 
is. And we know she enjoys and thrives when she gets to interact directly with voters. There'll be plenty of time for big rallies and high-profile media interviews. All right, let me see what part of this isn't in here. Now you've intrigued me. So basically, on the conference call, they're reading the talking points that I got. Well, they're summarizing them, sure. And and that's that's what you expect. As a reporter, you've got to wade through oodles of boring details and hoping for one thing that'll be different. Here's the one thing that I noted that I thought was different from today's phone call for reporters was one of the officials said that part of the effort by Clinton in Iowa is to help rebuild the Democratic Party in Iowa. I thought that was sort of notable because they're saying that they want to foster a new generation of leaders there. I mean, let's face it, uh, Democrats did not do extraordinarily well in Iowa in 2014. It's interesting you say that. I think they're also lowering expectations in their talking points. It says in Iowa, no Democratic candidate has ever received more than 50%. And that was Tom Harkin (laughs) and his favorite son. And in New Hampshire, no Democrat in a contested primary in the last 25 years has won by more than 27,000 votes or got more than 50%. I'm sure we'll hear that a lot more. They said they're going to run this like they have a major opponent. And, you know, in a sense, it's funny because this is why I always tell people how lucky the people of New Hampshire and Iowa are, because they don't just sort of vote for somebody because they want to be asked for their vote. And in many cases, that's what this is about. And you even hear that from the state party chairs, the county party chairs and more. And that'll be part of what Hillary and frankly, any Republican who goes to any of these states as well. You want to meet with these people and not only talk to the voters, but talk to the county elected officials to and say, hey, I want you on my team. It's interesting to watch the dynamic. Now, this is going to change over time because Hillary is going to basically be married to Barack Obama and his failed policies. So in dealing with that, their talking points actually says that voters in this country know the progress has been made since 2009. They don't want to go back. This election will be about who can count, who you can count on going forward. Voters don't want a complete change in direction. They know the Obama administration has worked hard to turn around the economy and pave the way for more Americans to get back to work. Why do I read that and sense a real fear of alienating Obama and the campaign and the administration? This is going to be a dance because on some things she'll be, yes, I want to continue what the president is doing. On other things she'll be, well, I just want to change it a little, redirect it. And then there'll be other things. Yeah, I don't want to do that. We saw, remember, a few months ago how negatively the Obama administration reacted when she was very critical of the administration on some foreign policy things. So, yeah, this will be a bit of a dance. And I really think the the, the major newspapers, I think, are ready for this because they're, they're sort of waiting to write those long pieces about how she's separating herself and the grumbling. This is when you'll get those uh, anonymous campaign sources or, you know, former Obama campaign officials who will jab back at Hillary Clinton. So this will be a test for both mm-hmm. sides. She's answering the question. This is pretty funny. Hillary, having grown up in a middle-class family, Hillary has never forgotten where she's come from and who she's fighting for because of the perception that she is now, you know, this rich, out-of-touch elite that, you know, where the rules don't apply to the Clintons. Here's the line I wrote from my notes uh, as I was uh, parked on the side of the road listening to this call. Mm -hmm. She's fought for the middle class her entire life. Yeah, exactly. There you go. go. And then they talked about her record. They named three things. After law school, she chose not to go to a big New York or Washington law firm. No. And and then they talked about health care, and she's been fighting for health care. Then they talked about the $20 billion for recovery after 9-11 for New York. Now, do you think Marco Rubio should say anything about her in his speech today? I think I thought he gave a pretty good line uh, this morning. I mean, Marco Rubio is very clear in saying that, hey, this is this is old news. This is an old 
I'm going to ask him very pointed issues about Hillary's positions. Look, the Russian reset, the Russian troops took over Ukraine and, and Crimea. That's not a success. They annexed it in 2014. That was her That was her baby. You know, the Republicans do have a good chance to make this a generational thing. I mean, when you look at Rubio, he'll be yeah. 44 next month. I mean, Amazing. Ted, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul are in their 40s. You have three people right there who are of a different generation than Hillary Clinton, clearly. Now, how can they take advantage of that? That, for me, will be something to watch from them. It's just one, it's one thing to say, well, we want to do something differently. But how do you harness that in order to convince people, yeah, I am looking out more for your future, and how do you cast aspersions on the other side? That, to me, is a, I is think a that's unique a, challenge for the, the Republicans, not just those three, but for all of them who are getting But I race. think the idea of pointing out that she's out of touch, we've been there, we've done that, and she's an extension or a third term of Barack well, Obama is well probably... against the third term of Barack Obama. It's 100%. Like a logical kind of thing But look at on uh, Secretary of State, though. The Russian reset didn't work. She said after the killing of bin Laden that that his ideology of hatred and violence is now thankfully being rejected in the Middle East. Um, I don't think so. Uh, she also talked about it, we, that she was going to build a better relationship with Israel. That hasn't happened. Then, of course, uh, she called Assad, President Assad of Syria, a real reformer in 2011. And then he went on to use... Uh, chemical weapons against his own people. Well, and I think you'll hear a litany of those things oh. from the Republicans, but still, I, I still think that the pocketbook kind of issue is still the driving thing for Americans. And Rubio, Peace and prosperity. Yeah, exactly. How do you, what, what, how are you going to be different? It's one thing to say, you know what, the middle class is just isn't making it, they're losing touch with the American dream. How do you change that and move forward? That's, uh, to me, a, a big well, thing Well, it's interesting because Mike Lee and Senator Rubio put forward their economic growth and, and family fairness tax reform plan, and while it got some praise in some corners. Wall Street Journal had some criticism of it, but the bottom line of it Any is... Any plan's going to have something you don't like. It drops the corporate tax rate from 35 to 25, personal tax rate from 40 or 39.6 to 35. Uh, the top bracket income, actually, you get into the top bracket at 75,000, which is a little different. And Rubio's done a number of these things. He, yeah. he spent a lot of time in the last few months making broad sort of speeches on policy and getting into issues. And just because you propose a bill doesn't make you, you know, the greatest well, thing. Florida legislature. He, uh, but he has been out there yeah. in the weeds. And I think that that is always something when I watch candidates on the trail, anybody can rattle off the talking points. But it's getting into things that you've done or things that you've proposed. And I really took note in the last six months, I was convinced months ago that Rubio was going to run, of how he set out a bunch of these different policy proposals. They put himself on 39 of them. Yeah, and get himself out there. Yeah. And he, it was clearly detailed, a, yeah, exactly. well thought out. Yeah. As Florida Speaker, because I, I was doing all my prep last night, I was interested when I saw that he came up with 100 ways as Speaker to reform Florida government. Listen, and he, they, they adopted more than 50 of them. He's been doing those sorts of things beforehand. It's why early on a lot of people looked at him when the you know, other stories, they're all over the place about when they met Marco Rubio when they was younger. he was younger, they sort of said, hey, he's going places. One quick mm -hmm. note also about Rubio. With his entry into the race, there's a whole bunch of Republicans in the state of Florida now starting to angle to run for his seat. Yeah. And it could actually create a big domino effect in the state of Florida with one, maybe a few members of the House delegation deciding to jump into that race on the Republican and even the Democratic side as well. You know, it's also interesting is all these articles that have been written about Jeb Bush and, and Marco Rubio. Maybe fair, maybe unfair. I'll let other people decide all of that. But I'll ask him about that tonight. For example, forcing local Floridians to 
to pick sides or at odds with his mentor or in 2012 Rubio asked what would Jeb do look down here in South Florida there's probably a lot of people who could count themselves on either team if just yep. Jeb was running they'd thoroughly rush to embrace him if just Marco was running they'd thoroughly rush to embrace him so it, it is going to put a few politicians on the spot as to which way they go Hey, but that's part of the whole game. The one thing, historically, nobody from Florida has it's, ever been on a major party ticket. Let me tell you what Hillary reminds me of and see if you analytically see what I'm talking about. In other words, I know you're not going to give me your opinion, um, which is annoying. You know that you annoy sorry, me every day. I'm, I'm you know sorry you annoy to annoy me. you. I'm sorry. It annoys me every day. Sorry it's just, about I can't that. even sorry. get. I cannot even get a straight answer out of this okay. guy when a simple question of how do you feel about a topic. But remember when Republicans ran Bob Dole? Uh, yes. Remember when Republicans ran John McCain? Mm -hmm. Remember Republicans to a certain extent, although I, I don't quite put Romney in the same category. No, but it was that sort of stale But he'd been feeling. there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel st that she is like, and that's all you got? Listen, I'll give you an example. I talked to a uh, voter this weekend, a Democrat, 70 you know, plus years old woman. Uh, and, and I said, what do you think about Hillary? Knowing full well she's inclined to support a Democrat. Oh, right. I don't want to have to deal with all those scandals. I don't want to have to deal with all that. I, and I said, okay, but what if? What if Hillary's the nominee? And, you know, what if, uh, who, no matter the Republican is, and then at the end she said, oh, I'd vote for her, but it doesn't excite me. And I do think that is, has to be a concern for Democrats because didn't Hillary Clinton one time say that John McCain was too old to run or something like mm -hmm. that? And you do have that age thing and that you've been around and that there are the Clinton fatigue, as we call it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to derail her in anything, but I do think that that's got to play for some voters. Let me tell you the list I have now, and it's only a short list. Uh, Gail Sheehy, D.D. Myers, George Stephanopoulos, all saying she has a vicious temper. Um, not viewed as honest and trustworthy now by a majority of people in very key swing states. Her poll numbers certainly have sagged in recent uh, weeks. The yes. Clinton Foundation taking tens of millions of dollars. I don't see the media dropping that story anytime soon. Uh, I don't see it at all being dropped. Being investigated for Benghazi, having to go under oath again, and the and then couple that with the server being destroyed. At some point, that'll come up in the heat of the mm -hmm. campaign. Yes, this year, you're absolutely right. Then you got the Russian reset. Then you got her saying that that you know Osama bin Laden's dead now. This ideolo ideology is being rejected. So, as a Republican, how quickly do you unload on her? Do you do it's you? A great question. See, there's two there's two thoughts here. You can go after her now and really attack, but then do you waste that ammunition in a sense now when maybe? Most of the people paying attention right now are the people who are really interested. Do you wait then? I look at this election, frankly, Sean. What would like, you do? Uh, I mean, Jesse Helms election, when you'd start off at, say, 46 all, and you'd fight over the last 8%. Right. I don't know. I have to think that you'd hit now some, but you don't want to burn everything now. I th you yeah, don't want to be agree. out of ammunition by the time Iowa runs around. But I tell you what you probably do in terms of politics, and this is the beauty or, or the mm -hmm. bane of politics is you find a way to funnel money to one of her uh, you know, erstwhile opponents on the Democratic yeah. side. Or I keep hearing that they want to try and convince somebody to run third-party libertarian and, and sort of get a Ross Perot movement like Bill used to get elected Listen, twice. Everything is fair in love and war and in yeah. politics, and nothing would surprise me. All right, Jamie Dupree joining us in uh, Iowa. We're heading over together in a little bit to see Marco Rubio, Senator Rubio, as he makes his announcement that he's in. He's going to be running for president. As a matter of fact, Senator Rubio joins us here on this program in a half hour on Hannity for the full hour tonight, 10 Eastern, straight ahead. Breaking, Breaking news. news every single day.